Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the Prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done as God ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the Word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to when he would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. It's also purpose to invoke open and honest conversation on the things that many people, especially Christians, don't want to talk about, which is racism in the body of Christ. I pray that God will use this podcast to enable us as his sons and daughters to talk about the elephant in the room that for too many years, pastors, teachers, and leaders have tried to sweep under the rug. You can help and support this podcast by telling your friends, families, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server through this title. You can also help and support this ministry through your love and prayers. You can reach me with questions and comments by email at amyeagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at C-H-A-R-T-E-R dot net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at thevoiceoftheprophet.strikingly.com. And remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through or to hear previous episodes, you can always reach This is the Voice of the Prophet on every and any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. For the next few weeks, you'll be hearing episodes from the first months of the podcast of This is the Voice of the Prophet. This week, I'll be sharing one of our first episodes entitled Destroying Christianity. And since this is the second time sharing it, I pray that it will be twice the blessing it was the first time you heard it. As a little girl growing up, I had no choice as to where I would go to church or what I was being taught about God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Every day, because I went to Catholic school, I was taught to love God and obey him. I had to go to church on Sundays, every Sunday, and I had to place something in the offering basket. During Lent, no one ate meat on Fridays, and we all went to Stations of the Cross until Easter. I remember kneeling by my parents' bed with my mother and sisters, praying the rosary and seeing the candle to the Blessed Virgin flickering 24 hours a day. When I became a woman and moved out of my parents' house on my own, one of the first things I did was stop going to church and I stopped praying. Unfortunately, I'm continuing to see the same pattern with so many young people today. The young are leaving the Christian churches in droves. Why? Not only that, 
but salvation among the lost is at an all-time low, where at this time, and with all that's going on, it should be just the opposite. As the expression goes, what's really going on? When the Twin Towers were hit and the terrorist attacks came against us during 911, the churches were packed. People were turning to God, praying, seeking his face, and asking him to help and forgive us. What happened to all those people? Why didn't they stay with the church? These people, along with the young, are leaving the church and turning to other denominations and beliefs for the same reasons I did. Because what I was taught was being given to me by people that talked it but didn't live it. What they ran from wasn't a quote-unquote church. In actuality, it was Christianity that they were running away from. Let me clarify that statement and even change it. It wasn't basic Christianity that drove them away. It was Christians. Oh, Sister B, how can you say that? As I stated in my opening statement, these are messages being given to me by God through his Holy Spirit to share with his sons and daughters. There will be some that will listen and receive and others won't. It's your choice. You choose whether you listen or not. It's up to you. I will not make apologies for what I truly believe. God is speaking to my spirit to speak to his sons and daughters. The bottom line to this is that no one makes you become a Christian. No one made me, as much as they tried, become a Christian. I became a Christian because I fell in love with Jesus when he drew me to him. With his loving kindness, he drew me. The thing about Christianity is that all Christians have one basic thing in common. They all believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. When I lead others in the sinner's prayer, I share with them the basic beliefs and doctrines of Christianity. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he was born of a virgin, that he bled, suffered, and died on the cross for my sins. I share with them that I believe that he rose again on the third day and that he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. There's more to that prayer that I pray with them, but that basically gives you an idea of what most Christians believe and adhere to. Unfortunately, for most Christians, that's where the common beliefs end. Now, it's not a matter of doctrines or religious differences that make people leave the body of Christ. It's individual Christians and the lives that they live while professing Christianity that literally drives away people, young and old, from the church. Again, according to Jeremiah 31 and 3, it reads, The Lord had appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Christianity has drawn so many people with their love and kindness, but it's all too often the lack of character, honor, and integrity that drive people away. One of the things that anyone who truly knows me, knows me for my stance on character, honor, and integrity. I take a stand when it comes to morals, scruples, and principles.
every family has someone that everyone else knows is a liar. The thing about lying is that just because someone doesn't tell you that you're lying doesn't mean that they don't know you're lying. It's the same with character, honor, and integrity. When an individual comes into the body of Christ, they expect certain standards even when they themselves have not reached or attained those standards. They feel that those that are leaders in the church should have a level of honor and integrity. In Nehemiah 7 and 2, Nehemiah said, I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. Unfortunately, there are just too many Christians that don't really fear God. I don't think that people really know what it means to fear him. When you fear God, you revere him. You honor and respect him to such a degree that there are just certain things that you wouldn't even consider doing in your life, no matter who's looking. You live that kind of life because there's a constant awareness that God is not just looking at you, but he's with you. He's now a part of you. When we ask Jesus to come into our hearts and be our Lord and Savior, he doesn't do it on a temporary basis. When we invite him in, he comes in and stays in. Christians have become so accustomed to his grace and mercy that apparently now we take it for granted. Character is totally lacking in the body of Christ and no one seems to have a problem with it. However, people are recognizing this lack and identifying it as hypocrisy. Now, instead of Christians being seen and and appreciated as people of morals and honor, they are being seen and recognized as hypocrites. It's Christians who are destroying Christianity. People can deal with sinners. They can deal with whoremongers and yes, even liars when they are called what they are. But you can't put lipstick on a pig and call it a lady. It's still filthy and it stinks. Paul said to the church in the book of Titus, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. When he said set them an example, Paul was talking about new converts. He expounded on what was good by specifically saying, in your teaching show integrity, seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. As things stand right now, in all honesty, those who are opposing Christianity don't have to make up lies. They have more than enough negative things to say about those who call themselves Christians. 
When God spoke to Solomon in 1 Kings 9 and 4, it reads, And if thou wilt walk before me, as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart and in uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgments. Where is the integrity of heart in the body of Christ? This is where we come to all of the familiar quotes and excuses. I'm not perfect. I'm just a Christian saved by grace. God forgives me for my sins and he understands. I remember saying this years ago that there we go with our bumper stickers about Jesus loves you and I do too. Or the one that says, let me tell you about Christ and any number of other things on our cars identifying our Christianity. And as soon as someone cuts you off in traffic, you show them that finger, then drive past them so they can see that wonderful bumper sticker and see what a wonderful Christian you truly are. I cannot and will not lay my quote unquote religion down in order to curse someone out. Then use the phrase, before I knew it, I had cussed them out. And the really sad thing about that is that there's no remorse whatsoever. I will never forget when I truly got saved as a very young mother, one of the first things God delivered me from was cursing. I always remember his word that says, sweet and bitter water can't flow from the same fountain. Blessings and curses, sweetness and profanity can't come from the same source. Some of us need to check the source where our words are coming from. Integrity isn't just doing what people can see. It's living a life before Christ when people don't see. In other words, what are you doing when no one else is looking? Or are you feeling relaxed enough around certain others to the degree that you can walk in sin without conviction? Are your morals and honor lacking to such a degree that you're now being seen by the very ones that you want to lead to Christ as a hypocrite? Hypocrisy with people is just like lying. Just because someone doesn't tell you that you're a hypocrite to your face doesn't mean that they don't know you're a hypocrite. Selah. No one can judge you if you judge yourself first. No, God does not condemn us, but his Holy Spirit does bring conviction. Conviction by the Holy Ghost means to be separated from the things that will separate us from God. The world is looking at Christians and what they're seeing is definitely not drawing them to Christ. And for that, we will stand in the judgment. As I close this out, I must go to one of my favorite and most meaningful scriptures to me in the Bible, John 21. This was after Jesus had risen and the disciples had gone back to fishing. Jesus called out to them from the shore and asked them if they had caught any fish. When they responded, no, he told them to catch their nets on the other side. We all know the story. The word says that they caught so many fish that they couldn't bring the hole in. They realized that it was Jesus on the shore. And the word says that Peter jumped in the water and swam to shore. The other disciples followed in the boat. 
The Bible says that when they got to the shore, that Jesus already had fish baking on the coals, but yet he told them to bring some of the fish that they had caught. The word says that they counted 153 fish that the disciples brought in. I believe that when we enter the kingdom of God, there will be many souls already there, just like the fish Jesus had baking on the coals. However, he will still say to us, bring some of the ones that you caught. When we enter into the kingdom, where will the souls be that you've caught? My grandson and I love to fish together. We love reeling in whatever's on our line. And once we get it in, we are so excited and happy. However, one of the most frustrating things is when we have something big, get it right to the shore, and then it jumps off the line. Total frustration. We had a big fish and lost it. We will talk about it, laugh about it, and even be a little sad about it, but it's gone and there's nothing we can do. It's gone. It's not ours and there's nothing that we can claim, brag on, or be happy about concerning that particular fish. Again, when we stand in the judgment, and God says to bring in the ones that we caught, I truly believe that we will be judged for those that we let get away, walk away, even turn and run away from Christianity because of our lack of morals, honor, character, and integrity. Let's ask ourselves this question today. Are we part of those that are destroying Christianity? Am I the Christian who's the reason no one else around me wants to be a Christian? Am I the one that's lacking morals, honor, and integrity? What does my character show when I profess my Christianity to others? I've been having conversations with people that are literally saying that they don't want to call themselves Christians anymore. Some are saying they're believers. Others are saying they're disciples of Christ and still others don't know what to call themselves, but they know they don't want to be identified as Christians. And of all the people I talk to who are feeling this way, they all say it's because of the lack of character, the lack of integrity in the body of Christ today. They see those who are being led by liars, whoremongers, false prophets, and stand before the world professing their Christianity and are totally ashamed to be known or identified as one of them. They're saying and feeling, if that's what Christianity is all about, then they want no part of it. For years, we've been waiting and saying that God is going to judge the world. But remember, Judgment starts in the house of God. Selah. I pray that this episode has been enlightening to each of you, and I pray that you will share it with others, encouraging your church members, families, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to listen to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, on any podcast server. Until next Monday, Remember that I am praying for each and every person who listens, asking our Father's blessings and favor upon you. 
God bless each and every one of you. And thank you so much for listening.